everybody. Welcome to worship. It's really good to have our minister with us this morning, Reverend Callan. Um, today we've been asked uh, to read this notice um, at the morning service. For the last three years, the Methodist Church has been taking another look at our understanding of sexuality, the nature of relationships and marriage. A connectional working party produced an excellent report which was debated at Methodist Conference in 2019 and which will be voted on this year. The 69-page report is really helpful and the circuit leadership team feels that every member of our circuit should at the very least hear the, the highlights of its contents. Therefore, during the month of March this year, Three dedicated preachers will take a morning service, a, point, a morning worship appointment in every church in the circuit to present the highlights of the report. Please come to this worship that morning when a fuller explanation will be given by the preacher. Now the service here will be conducted by the Reverend Ray Borg next Sunday morning at 10.30. And I urge you all to come and hear what Ray has to say. Next notice is Martin and Kath Cox would like to thank the congregation for their care and prayers whilst Kath was unwell last week. There's a reminder too that there will be no service here tonight at Bamber Bridge as it is space at four o'clock at Ingle where the Sierra Leone team will be sharing their experiences. And on a nice bright note, on a nice bright day, we have to celebrate a birthday. And we are celebrating Ken Lomas, who has reached the grand old age of 85 today. rejoicing in your gift of life, now and for all eternity. But we come also yearning to know you better, to understand more and to fathom deeper mysteries. Move among us now through your spirit, 
bringing new life to birth. Open our hearts to all you would say and do in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. and this towel to remind us that Jesus served his followers by washing their feet. I'm reading from John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray (coughs) Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped round him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, Not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let us pray. Jesus, our servant king, you set us an example of humble service. Help us to serve you and others as you have served us. Amen. Number 266 in Singing the Faith. It's a new one, but the words are just so apt for um, the washing of the feet. All the room was hushed and still, and when the bowl was filled, he stooped to wash their feet, and when it was complete. And the, the chorus is, love each other, one another, love each other in the way that I have loved you. We'll, try, we'll sing it together. Just follow the group, you've all learned it, so we're all good, so stand and sing it.
everyone. In an introduction uh, to the All Age Talk, we're just going to watch a very short video. Thank you, Darren. Stories of the Bible. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. This is Jesus. Hey, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed many people from their sickness, performed many miracles like common storms, and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were celebrating a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. So Jesus and his disciples went to Jerusalem to celebrate. Jesus had 12 men who followed him through his ministry. They were called his disciples. Jesus and his disciples gathered for one final meal together. Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus loved his disciples, and he knew the time was coming for him to leave them and return to heaven. When Jesus came to Peter, he said, Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said, You don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. Peter said, you will never wash my feet. But Jesus then told them that unless he washed his feet, he would not belong to him. Oh, well then, oh God! Then Peter said, then wash my hands and head as well, not just my feet. But Jesus told him that was not necessary. He just needed to wash his feet for Peter to become clean. So Jesus finished washing their feet and said that the disciples should do to others as he had done for them. He told them to follow the example that he had set for them to serve each other and not think of themselves as greater than any other. Then God would bless them for doing as Jesus had taught them to do. We always learn something different, don't we? When I lived in Sark, um, there were no tarmac roads. They were all unmade, and there were footpaths and tracks. So in the winter, or wet weather, the tracks became muddy. And in the summer, when the baking sun just dried everything up, they were then very dusty. And when the winds came, the dust just went round everywhere. So, inevitably, your feet would always end up either muddy or dusty. Well, it was the same in Jesus' day. There were no tarmac roads, they were all unmade, and so their feet bore the brunt of all the dirt and grime. Now, the rich folk would have had people, servants, at the doors where people entered to wash their guests' feet. Well, obviously in this story, no one had done this for the disciples. Now, I want you to use your imagination, because it really would be uh, um, something imagined. If you came to church this morning and the person on the door was welcoming you was Queen Elizabeth, 
And she looked at your shoes and said, oh, I think they're a bit dusty and dirty for you to come in here. Would you expect her to clean them? And would you let her? Mmm. Well, imagine the king of kings, God's son, washing his disciples' feet. You could tell a little bit from the um, video about the shock and the horror on their faces. He was their teacher, their rabbi, their lord. And he shouldn't be washing people's feet. They should be washing his, at least that's how they felt. But he told the disciples that unless he did that, they couldn't be his followers. Now, Queen Elizabeth has written a book, well, contributed to to writing this book about herself. I don't know how many of you came across it, The Servant Queen and the King that She Serves. And in it, she talks about how her role, through her Christian faith, she is the servant of all the people in the United Kingdom. And I think worldwide, too, she really is a servant queen. So she was following, actually, what Jesus was saying. Because he was showing his disciples that that's how they need to show their love and care for others. So we all need to be prepared to serve others in whatever ways we can, whether we think it's a really lowly job, like washing feet. But no matter who we are, we're here to serve other people's needs. But most importantly... We need to come to Jesus first to be washed and made clean ourselves from all the wrong that we've done. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing us the best way to live that we can follow and serve you by loving and serving others. But first, we need to come to you to admit the wrong things in our lives and then ask for your forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong things we've thought, said and done and even left undone. Thank you that you don't hold a grudge but forgive us and give us a fresh start every moment of every day. Thank you for loving us so deeply and completely. Amen. And we're going to sing number 272 in Singing the Faith from Heaven You Came, the Servant King, during which we'll take up the offering.
before our children leave us for curious, let's hold them in prayer. Loving God, we thank you for your gift of children. We pray for all the children associated with this church, those that come during the week and those that come on Sundays. Lord, we pray that they will grow in knowledge and love of you. And we ask a special blessing on all those who serve the children week after week. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Come now to our prayer of confession. When we sin, we turn away from God, and every time we do, God says, Come back to me with all your heart. As we turn to our prayer of confession, when I say, God says, Please respond, Come back to me with all your heart. God says, Come back to me with all your heart. Let us pray. Lord, if I come back to you with all my heart, I'll be coming back with a heavy heart. My heart bears its share of burdens, and sometimes the weight of it all threatens to crush me. God says, Come back to me with all your heart. There's the burden of painful memories and the weight of my grief over loved ones lost, mistakes I've made, opportunities gone, and time wasted when I've turned and walked away from help and healing offered me by you and many others. God says, come back to me with all your heart. At times my heavy heart weighs hard upon my spirit and I long for ways to rise above what holds me down and keeps me from the journey home to you with all my heart. God says, Unburden me this Lent, Lord, and lighten my soul, laden with grief, worry and memories. Stones in my heart's empty pockets, weighing me down and deeper down. God says, Free my heart of burdens, Lord. Lift up what I can't budge. With your strength, deliver me, rescue and preserve me from all that threatens my serenity, my integrity, my peace. God says, Refresh my soul and put a new spirit within me, Lord. Help me walk the path that brings me home to you with all my heart. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing now, When We Are Tested and Wrestle Alone, number 240.
we're going to hear comes early in the story of Abram. His father Terah migrated with his family, including Abram and his wife Sarai, from their homeland in Ur of the Chaldees in today's Iraq, towards Cana, but settled and prospered in Haran, which is southern Turkey now. After Terah died, Abram resumed the journey to Cana, prompted by God with the promise of land and posterity. To leave most of their family behind in the hope of descendants and grazing land must have taken a great act of trust on Abram's part, not least because he and Sarai had no children at the time. But on the strength of God's promise, Abram went Old Testament reading is from the 12th chapter of Genesis, reading verses 1 to 4, and the section is entitled, The Call of Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Amen. 
Gospel reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he's old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. <coughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Tony and Kath. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. The Gospel readings over the next four weeks mirror the struggles faced by John's community in its call to be loyal to Jesus and to follow him. The story of Nicodemus reflects relationships between followers of Jesus and the synagogue, of which Nicodemus is a leading member. Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus is a dialogue between the two communities. The you that Jesus refers to in verse 11 is plural, Nicodemus represents a synagogue group who are sympathetic to Jesus, but who lack the courage to come out of the shadows. You can see this as Nicodemus comes by night. Perhaps their standing in the community is more important to them than what they see in Jesus. 
Perhaps they're afraid because synagogue members are being expelled for showing signs of loyalty to Jesus. We don't know how long this group's interest in Jesus had been developing, but it's now reached the point where they must do as their father Abraham did and make a move. That means taking the risk of deciding openly for Jesus by joining his community and being baptised, which would surely end their life in the synagogue. Though Jesus speaks directly and forcefully to Nicodemus, he uses symbols to persuade him to make a move. What he and his group face is the excitement and disruption of birth from above, that is, from God, or the Spirit, symbolised by immersion in water of baptism. The birth is like the wind. The words wind and spirit translate the Hebrew word ruach, whose coming and going from and to God make it a sign of grace and blessing, and energy too. The spirit will bring Nicodemus and his companions out of the shadows, if only they will share the trust of their father Abraham. Abraham's faith in God's promise was strong enough to allow him to even contemplate sacrificing his own son Isaac, a sacrifice God has actually made by giving his son for the life of the world. There is no greater love than this to persuade Nicodemus and his group to take the risk of acting on their insights by coming out of the shadows. How much does Nicodemus take Jesus' call to heart? Later in the Gospel story, he advises his colleagues on the Jewish ruling council not to take action against Jesus without giving him a fair hearing. And at the end of the Gospel, he helps Joseph of Arimathea to prepare Jesus' body for his burial. But does he get any further than devotion to Jesus' dead body? Or is this as far as he and his group can manage to move in the testing circumstances in which they find themselves? In Genesis 12, Abraham's trust in God's promise is a sure sign of life-giving faith that extends God's blessing to his descendants. In John 3, Jesus calls Nicodemus to take steps in this direction. It will be risky and unsettling, but like Abraham, he will find such faith life-giving. You've heard a brief overview now of the biblical context, but let's see now, how does this relate to us? When I was preparing and reflecting on the passage, there was one phrase that kept sticking out for me, and it was, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. In ancient Israel, like in Sark, there would have been no street lamps, just oil lamps within the houses. And there may have been odd torches of light carried, but not as we know them, sticks bundled together alight. But I somehow think that Nicodemus was travelling via the shadows 
in the darkness to avoid being seen. I wonder, how do we feel about darkness and what goes on in the dark? As a society, we tend to equate darkness with bad things or evil. Yet, is that totally true? Good things happen in darkness. Think of the food that's grown underground in darkness. Potatoes, root vegetables, and of course the majority of seeds and bulbs start off growing in the dark. A baby starts its growth in the darkness of the womb. As things come to birth, they enter into the light. Plants thrive as they burst through the topsoil and continue to grow. Whatever goes on in the dark places of our minds and hearts, Jesus calls us out of that darkness, out of those thoughts, to be born again into the light. The light is within us as we become born again and follow Jesus. The idea that good equals light and bad equals dark isn't right, as life isn't as simple as that. We talk about Christians being good through Lent. How many have been good? Well, at least trying to. And Christians are often very good at the beginning of Lent. We're now in week three. How are we doing? Hmm? 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 We make resolutions to give up this or that and beat ourselves up when we absentmindedly eat the chocolate biscuit we find in the tin or on the plate. But Lent is not so much about giving up something. It's more about becoming less absent-minded. In fact, about paying attention to God as God pays attention to us. So even if we choose to give up something for Lent or to add something to our lives, we don't do it on our own. God is with us if we only notice, to help us and to answer us when we call. Likewise, when taking a risk and stepping out of the comfort zone of the shadows and coming into your own light, it may be that you're in the shadow of someone else and you need the opportunity to step forward, be noticed and come into the light. God is with each and every one of us every step of the way. There's one thing that I learned from living in an extremely small community is how they model volunteering and that is serving one another. They know that unless someone volunteers, it doesn't get done and it affects the rest of the community. They can't hide behind others as there's not enough others to hide behind. They step up and step forward and turn their hands to many things, things that they've never tried before. Jesus calls us into community into his body, and the body needs all of its parts working to function effectively. You may have seen, or you will see by the time you've read the notices, that there are a number of opportunities for people to take a risk, step into the light, and answer God's call. Please prayerfully consider, are you able to serve as a steward, help with teas and coffees, Help with the children and young people on a Sunday. Help with technology. Perhaps you're a hidden musician. 
and your talents and gifts have not yet come to light? Are you able to help deliver the welcome packs to new residents in Bamber Bridge? Or maybe offer to run a social activity so we can all get to know each other better? Or give an hour or two on odd occasions so that the hungry can be fed during the school holidays? The more volunteers there are, the more we share the workload across the body. So it doesn't just fall on a few who are buckling under the weight. If you've never done any of these roles before, don't be afraid, take a risk. There are plenty of people who are willing to help and support you learn the the ropes in those roles. Just be willing and open to listen to God and your heart. How is Jesus calling you today? Are you listening? And have you heard his call? I'm going to read a prayer that's in the prayer handbook, the Methodist prayer handbook, written by Paul Martin, one of the chairs of district. And I felt it just fitted really well. So before we say our own prayer together, I'm just going to read this prayer. Let's pray. Faithful God, when you call, may we respond. When we falter, be our guide. When you speak, may we hear. When we question, be our wisdom. When you ask, may we answer. When we hesitate, be our resolve. When you show, may we see. When we disregard, be our conscience. When you lead, may we follow. When we stray, be our shepherd. When you send, may we go. When we fear, be our courage. When you challenge, may we listen. When we fail, be our rock. When you give, may we receive. And may we love and serve as you first loved and served us. Amen. And then I invite you to join in a personal prayer. As we pray together, gracious God, guide me as you guided Abraham, especially when the way ahead is confusing and I am afraid of what might lie around the corner. Grant me perseverance and joy, courage and energy, strength and a glad heart, that uphill and down I may rejoice in the knowledge that you love me and will never leave me to travel alone. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, my Saviour. We're going to sing now, Would You Walk By on the Other Side When Someone Called for Aid? It's number 257 in Singing the Faith. We stand as we're able.
come now to our prayers of intercession. And if you would respond with the words in yellow. Let us pray. We pray for those at turning points in their lives, for young people leaving home, for people beginning to live together, for those learning to live without their partner. May they know your direction as they set out on new paths. We pray for all those who are ill, for those suffering from the coronavirus, and those whose relationships are breaking down. May they know your healing as they pass through pain. We pray for those who've lost their loved ones, their jobs, their homes, and for those who feel they have no future. May they know your hope as they travel through darkness. We pray for those who journey alongside and for those who are terminally ill and for those with life-limiting disabilities. May they know your peace as they tread their final steps. We pray for our church and its members and friends. We pray for those who are being persecuted for their faith and for all who are worshipping around the world today. May we know your presence as we journey through Lent. We pray for one another and all on our hearts and in our prayer book. We pray for Jack Wilde, Russ Waring, Ken and Leslie, and for Roy Entwistle. And we particularly remember the head teacher, staff and children of Ashton Primary School following a fire last night at the school. And we pray together. May we know your love every step and every day. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Christ, God was pleased to reconcile himself to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood which was shed on the cross. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We're going to sing now, Jesus Christ is waiting, number 251.
Please feel free to sit down. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessing and praise belong to you, gracious and eternal God. Through your living word, you created all things the majesty of the heavens and the glory of the earth. In your wisdom and goodness, you have made all people in your image and likeness. Therefore, with saints and angels and with all creation, we lift up our voices to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise that in the fullness of time you gave your only Son to share our human nature and to be tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin, to set his face resolutely towards Jerusalem and to be lifted high upon the cross that he might draw all creation to himself. When the hour of his glory came, and loving his own to the end, he sat with them at supper, took bread, and after giving thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We say together, Dying, you destroyed our death. Rising, you restored our life. Lord Jesus, come in glory. In obedience to his command, we recall his suffering and death, 
his resurrection and ascension, and we look for his coming in glory. Send your Holy Spirit that these gifts of bread and wine may be for us the body and blood of Christ. In union with Christ's offering for us, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice. Unite us in love and peace with all your people until, with the whole company of heaven, we are brought into the presence of your eternal glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The bread we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. Christ is the bread of life. The cup we take is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Christ is the true wine. Please be seated. And we pray together. Jesus, Jesus Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, grant us peace. We say together, Lord, we come to your table, trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy. And on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Receive this holy sacrament of the body and blood of Christ and feed on the Lamb of God with reverence and with faith. The table is ready. All are welcome. If you need gluten-free, please indicate and we will give that to you.
Lord Jesus Christ, you have given us yourself in bread and wine, in word and deed, in the busyness of life and in the still, quiet moments. May we give ourselves to you in love and service. Amen. And we say together, Gracious God, we thank you that you have nourished us with the bread of life and with the cup of salvation. May we who have received this sacrament be strengthened in your service. We who have sung your praises live in your glory. And we who have known the greatness of your love see your face to face in your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now closing hymn is number 568, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus.
the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, make us perfect, confirming and strengthening us, and to him be the power for ever and ever. And the almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us now and always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.